Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Hello, Governor. Glad to be here, my friend. <laughs> that was not an accident. Joe's, uh, however good you or bad you think his, uh, his UK accent was, his British accent. It's all right. Uh, we have got some just great material for you. They stacked, stacked oh. show. Don't go oh. anywhere. Let's get right to it. Today's show brought to you by our buddies at Wax RX. That's my Wax RX. Yes, I have one too because I use it. Here's what it comes with Wax RX. It's just an ear cleaning system. You see a little spray nozzle, yeah. clean out your ears. I had this issue in the Secret Service with these earpieces we wear all day, including the one you have in now, getting earwax stuck in my ears. So I got Wax RX. I use it all the time. You know, I love my sponsors. Mm. I don't recommend products I don't use and that don't work. Well, Wax RX works and it works great. Here's an email we got a customer review about Wax RX. I used to have to go to the doctor twice a year to get rid of stubborn, hardened earwax with my rising cost of healthcare and double deductible. I had to spend $60 a visit, $120 a year to treat my ears. Now I can do it myself with Wax RX and a significant savings that doesn't require me to miss a half a day of work. Listen, Wax RX is not the sexiest product to talk about, but you got to get rid of that stubborn earwax. And stubborn earwax, you're not supposed to stick those cotton swabs in your ears. It's dangerous. Wax RX will do it for you. This is a great product. Right now, try the Wax RX rx system by going to go waxrx.com that's go waxrx.com use offer code dan at checkout for free shipping don't wait you have no idea what you might be missing because of inner earwax who knows it might just change your life visit go waxrx.com go waxrx.com use promo code dan check it out Dad, it comes in this cool little box you get all this stuff in here there it is waxrx awesome we love waxrx all right let's go so Donald Trump finally drops the hammer oh. on the British connection to the whole spying scandal in a tweet this morning. Now, he mentioned some guy uh, I'd never heard of, some guy, Larry Johnson. I don't I don't know who this guy is. Mm. I don't care. Um, which, of course, you know, the, the left jumps on the Larry Johnson thing. But the gist of it is Trump tweeted out uh, a segment that this guy did on uh, OAN Network saying that the UK were involved in the spying scandal on Donald Trump. So the United Kingdom, of course, responds back. Oh, these are ridiculous absurdities that that the United Jody. How would you say ridiculous well, these are, absurdities? These are in ridiculous your absurdities. Uh, ridiculous absurdities. Thank you, thank you. We, we need a more appropriate. My Bernie Sanders may have been okay, but I certainly don't do a British accent. I like well. it, Bernie. Ladies and gentlemen, I <laughs> my Bernie was. Good. I got a lot of feedback on that. Though I, I don't want to wear it out. Though we'll selectively bring Bernie back, but I don't want to wear. I have a uh, once I fall in love with something, I tend to wear it out on my show. I don't want to do that with this one. Um, I don't want to spend a ton of time on this because I've beaten it to death. The United Kingdom's involvement in the spying scandal on Trump is not even remotely controversial, okay? It happened. It happened. Unlike Fetch, that was never going to happen yeah. in Mean Girls, this is the anti-Fetch. This happened. Please put up on the screen the CNN headline from April of 2017. CNN Politics. British intelligence passed Trump Associates communications with Russians on to U.S. counterparts April 14, 2017 by Jim Shuto, Pamela Brown, and Eric Bradner. My gosh, how many times, Joe, do we have to put this article on the screen? Is, uh, on the screen? Is this 20, 30, maybe 50 times we've had like to talk yeah. about this? Guys, ladies, you know what? I, I got to remember. I'm going to put the link in the show notes today. Um, Paula, can you remind me? I, I want you to just... 
please keep this article from CNN up on your screen, on your phone, take a screenshot of it. And when your liberal friends, because, and the reason I want you to keep this on your screen is this is important. This is critical. The plan A portion of the Obama spying scandal, as I refer to it in my second book, Exonerated, which we're, again, I've mentioned before, wrapping up now, available on Amazon, please pick it up, where I talk about the big scheme to target the Trump team. Plan A was in order to get around U.S. surveillance laws to spy on Trump via the Obama administration and Hillary Clinton's wantings and doings. There are laws in spying on American citizens. The way they circumvented the laws is they used foreign intelligence, not just the United Kingdom. They're not responsible to adhere to U.S. intelligence laws that then fed the information back to the Obama administration. Can you put that CNN headline up again? This is not controversial. This has already been reported on. But now that the spying scandal has evolved from the collusion hoax, now everybody's trying to backtrack. Now, keep that up for a second. Now, one of the reasons that this, you may say to yourself, and it's a fair question, but I want you to understand the evolution of how this story came to be. You may be asking yourself a fair question here. You may be saying, well, Dan, if your point the whole time is the media has been in cahoots with the Obama administration to advance the collusion hoax, why would they report on the spying scandal? You're seeing the article right here. British intelligence passed Trump Associates communications with Russians on the U.S. counterparts. Folks, CNN reported on the spying scandal using foreign intelligence, including the United Kingdom and their intelligence apparatus, because they thought the collusion story was real. Joe, you got it. You listen, I, I you are my yeah. ombudsman for the audience. If this doesn't make sense, please stop me. All right. CNN now reported on this. Mm -hmm. They reported on it at the time in April of 2017 under the assumption that the UK British Intel folks were the good guys, that Trump had a conspiracy with Vladimir Putin and Russia to overturn and influence the United States election via stolen DNC emails and that the United Kingdom were acting as James Bond types yeah. and they sounded the alarm and the Obama administration thankfully picked up the, the, the James Bond information and ran with it and we are going to expose this big collusion story. Right. The problem, folks is the story was a hoax, the collusion hoax, but the spying was very real. It was real. And now CNN and other liberal outlets cannot go and retract the stories. Do you get, does this make sense? Right, makes perfect sense. This, thank you, sir. It's all right. This is one of the, we have reported on this, Joe and I, for well over a year and a half now. How the big scandal, the initial scandal, plan A, unmaskings, what I believe to be misuse of the NSA database, and the misuse of foreign intelligence information to spy on the Trump team was the scandal until they legalized the surveillance in plan B using our own foreign intelligence surveillance court, ironically, using information from a foreign spy, Christopher Steele. Bingo. This is... Now... CNN was not the only one in April of 2017 to report, uh, you're nice, 
on the on the uh, spying scandal with the, which the United Kingdom assisted us in. Nothing Trump tweeted today about the UK's involvement in spying on him is remotely controversial. Here's the Guardian, another not right of center site. Headline: British spies were first to spot Trump team's links with Russia. Exclusive. GCHQ is said to have alerted U.S. agencies after becoming aware of contacts in 2015. Ladies and gentlemen, contacts with Russians are not illegal. What the heck was the United Kingdom talking to our intelligence agencies, circumventing U.S. laws on spying on American citizens, including the Trump team who are American citizens, about contacts that were not even remotely illegal? Why? You say, Dan, all right, you read the headlines. There's no uh, real additional evidence in the piece, though, that the, the UK was passing information from the Guardian piece. According to one account, GCHQs, that's the British NSA, folks, then head Bob Hannigan passed material in the summer of 2016 to the CIA chief John Brennan. The matter was deemed so sensitive it was handled at the, quote, director level. After an initially slow start, Brennan used GCHQ information and intelligence from other partners oh, to launch a major interagency investigation, uh, also known as a spying scandal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Joe, are we not explaining this well? I mean, I don't know I, how you can explain like, it any better. I, 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 I don't know I, I either. Don't know. I mean, I'm not even using, I could, I want this to be clear, I could do this. But in my first book, Spygate, uh, DC, Matt and I, we did not even use right-leaning media outlets, even though they were honest about the story from the start. We didn't have to. We used The Guardian and CNN, left-leaning, in some cases, in CNN activist web, they're not even journalism anymore, we use their own reporting. Trump is a conspiracy theorist, they say. The United Kingdom didn't spy. You guys reported on it. I just put the headlines up. Paula, remind me, I want to put the Guardian one in there, too. Read the articles yourself. Guys, ladies. You listening to the show as a liberal, I know we have them out there because I get your lunatic emails, including, by the way, a cute little death threat we got the other night. Oh, Dan Bongino must die. Yeah, it was good. Can you be a little more creative? I mean, Dan, Dan Bongino, right, Paula? Dan Bongino must die. No, no, yeah. And then it was, <laughs> it, was, it was actually kind of funny. The death threat Joe had, Dan Bongino must, with the F word, die. But they put like the little exclamation points, percentage <laughs> things, you know. Why blank it out? You're what? telling me I have to die. Like now you're concerned about your language? Like just throw the F word in there, <laughs> dude. Right if you're going to write, yeah. do a death threat the right way, you idiot. Dan Bongino must die. Just put the F word in there. Only I can make a joke out of death threat. We get these all the time. It's just ridiculous, it's, idiots. Yeah. You better come at me from behind, bro, because I'm telling you right now, you come at me from the front, it ain't going to be pretty. <laughs> I will put these stories in the show notes today. Please keep them up. And for your liberal friends, though, some of the lunatics I was just talking about who send me death threats, just have them read the articles and ask them a simple question. If it's a conspiracy theory, conspiracy theory, dreaded air quotes, that the UK, British intelligence, was not involved in spying on the Trump team, then why did CNN and The Guardian report on exactly that 
them passing information to John Brennan and the CIA. Why are the stories not retracted? Why are there no corrections? Go read the stories. They are still there. I will put the links up in the show notes today. Please go to Bongino.com. You can subscribe to my email list if you choose your choice. There, It's attached. If you go to the menu at Bongino.com on their podcast, the articles are always there. Please open these articles, screenshot the headlines, and keep them on your phone. And just ask your friends, why are these stories still there if British intelligence did not help the Obama team spy on Trump? Why? Why don't the stories have, this has been retracted, this is false? Why are they still there? They're there because it's true. And at the time, the Guardian and CNN thought they were reporting on these white knights in British intelligence, these James Bond types, Bob Hannigan and others, passing information about a big conspiracy to influence our election with the Trump team. The problem is the story was a hoax and now they can't backtrack. Now the story is, uh-oh, 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 we reported, you we reported on the UK being knee deep, take that back, neck deep in spying on the Trump team about a scandal that never happened. Uh, guys, we've got a problem. But they can't retract the story because it's true. Do you understand the conundrum they're in right now? This is why in my books, I cite the left-leaning sources. not the. I didn't even use right-leaning sources in many cases. Because then they'll say, oh, that's Breitbart. As if because if it's Breitbart, it's not true. <laughs> right. It's CNN. It's The Guardian. I, I'm really, I'm, I'm humbly begging you to please look into this. All right, I want to go into some other stuff too because this story gets uglier. And I, I want to go into some misinformation, some stuff that's being left out of this. Uh, let's get right to this. Uh, today's show also brought to you by buddies at Brickhouse Nutrition. Hey, here's one of the finest products out there. It's called Foundation. I love this product. It's available at BrickhouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Uh, Foundation is a creatine ATP blend. They'll send it to you in this bottle. You follow the instructions on the back. It's super simple. Sorry, there you go. You can see it. Uh, this is an unopened bottle because Miles, uh, who uh, runs uh, Brickhouse Nutrition, sent me a box yesterday. Thank you, Miles, of new stuff. I appreciate it. I use it. I use it religiously. It is a creatine ATP blend, and it does three things for you. I stand by this product because I love it. I don't have no ownership stake in this company at all. They are sponsors, but they were one of my first sponsors. They've been with me from the beginning. Foundation will make you look better, make you feel better, make you perform better. Now we take it. Joe takes it. Joe's son takes it. My, I have a nephew that came up here, drove up here from Fort Lauderdale. He liked it so much. Give it about seven days to work. It gives you more energy in the gym. It'll make your muscles and your body look better. And all I ask is before you try the product, I, I'm serious. Take what I call the mirror test. I'm so confident in the product. Look in the mirror. Take a little mental snapshot of how you look. And then come back seven days later. You're going to be like, wow, this stuff is really, really good. You'll also perform better in the gym. You will look better. I swear by it. I use it. I use it every day again. It's called Foundation. Comes in this bottle here uh, by BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Go to BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Pick up your bottle of Foundation today. You're going to love this product. All right, moving on. So um, Hillary Clinton yesterday, uh, in her continued efforts to 
stain any remnants of her reputation she thought she had left, appeared at a Time magazine conference and said uh, one of the more absurd things I've heard from a politician um, in my lifetime, in my 40 plus years on this planet. Here's Hillary Clinton talking about the Mueller report and if Trump should have been indicted. Listen to this ridiculosity. Well, I think there's enough there that any other person who had... um engaged in those acts uh, would certainly uh, have been indicted, but because of the, uh, the rule in the Justice Department that you can't indict a sitting president, uh, the whole matter of obstruction was very directly uh, sent to the Congress. No, no, no. Okay, let's hit two points from that one of the dumbest, uh, they call them sots in the shot sound on <laughs> yes. tape. One of the dumbest sots you will ever see in your entire life. Number one, any other person would have been indicted. What, like you? What do you mean? Like you, you, who got a complete pass on a classified information trafficking scheme over a private server in violation of government rules. You got a total pass on that. Your people got immunity. You are not in handcuffs when you should be. You were knee deep in a conspiracy to traffic classified information over a private email server because you didn't want the government to read your emails over the official state.gov email address you should have had but didn't. Is she kidding me? Do you believe the, the gall on this woman to go on stage, talk about the Mueller report and Trump and say, any other person would have been indicted. Yeah, you, you would have been indicted if you weren't part of the Clinton corruption chronicles. Yeah, you're darn right. Sorry, I got a little itch on my neck. Rudy Giuliani was on Fox and Friends this morning and said it right. Giuliani's like, well, what justice guidelines is she talking about? The guidelines that existed to never prosecute a Clinton for anything ever? <laughs> that was a great line. I was like, go Rudy. <laughs> now, you know what? When, when I grew up in New York, John Gotti got off, I think, on two federal trials. The old mob boss, yeah, I remember. who is since deceased, he got off twice. And they ran a headline. I think it was in the Daily News. They called him the Teflon Don, yeah. you know, Teflon, the non-slip surface, because no charge would stick to him. This is Teflon Hillary. Is she kidding me? Any other person would have been indicted? Yeah, that any you, you should have been indicted. But secondly, that's kind of just emotional commentary on my part because I'm so, I, I just really, there's it, 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 a sense of revulsion listening to these Clinton corrupt cabal crew of idiots well, you're not just alone, say brother. things that is... Oh, my gosh. The, Je, Hillary, you got off with the crime of the century. You're knee deep in the biggest spying scandal, political spying scandal in American history. And you're also neck deep in a scandal to traffic classified information over a private, unauthorized email server. And you're on stage talking about how Trump should be indicted. I mean, this is like. Cojones level. 100. I mean, it, on a 100-point scale. I can't believe it. Just take the loss. Go away. Stop talking. You have your own criminal conspiracy to worry about. My gosh. All right. Go on all day about that. 
It's funny because I told Paula before the show, like, you know, I usually like a topic I can go on for like 20 <laughs> minutes about and give some real deep analysis. And I said, today we got so much stuff. I have to get through it all. So there's a, there's a second point of that. That goes on for a little while longer. Uh, to be fair to Hillary, we, we edited it. We edited it for time, but we did not snippet anything together. No, that's a continuous thought. Joe did. I, but we did cut it. There's another like minute yeah. or so. Um, but I just don't have the time today. But there's a second part of that, which is in there where she says, oh, and by the way. The reason he wasn't indicted is because of this guideline that you can't indict a sitting president. Ladies and gentlemen, listen, I'm here to debunk liberal talking points. By the way, thank you to everyone who picked up Matt Palumbo's book, Debunk This. You guys are so awesome and ladies out there. Sorry, I don't mean to lose much, but I just want to thank you. And I mean this. Matt's one of my writers at the website. You drove his book from like 147,000 on Amazon to 600 buying his new book, Debunk This, about debunking liberal lies. Wow. So seriously, thank you for, you guys and ladies are awesome. I really love you to death. You have no idea. I am so proud to be part of this. But speaking of debunking a liberal lie, that's why I thought of that. Um, Hillary keeps repeating this myth you're hearing. I heard it last night on Fox. The liberal talking heads now are saying the only reason Mueller didn't indict Trump for obstruction of justice is because the Office of Legal Counsel issued an opinion years ago with this part is true that you cannot indict a sitting president. You can impeach them and indict them and they get out of office. But while he's sitting or she is sitting in office, there is no indicting a sitting president. That's the Office of Legal Counsel in the DOJ. Now, follow me. Joe, I need you here to be the ombudsman. All right, man. Hillary's talking point and the Democrat talking heads, I heard a couple people say it yesterday, is that, well, the evidence there for obstruction was chargeable, but the reason Mueller didn't do it is because there was this OLC guideline getting in the way, saying, in other words, Joe, no indictment possible. Mm. But if there would be evidence there if Trump wasn't the president, that is not what happened. Okay, You need to have this at your fingertips, ready to rock and roll. Bill Barr stated specifically that he had three conversations with Bob Mueller and asked Bob Mueller specifically, is the reason in this report you are not recommending charges and an indictment because of the OLC guidelines? In other words, the administrative problem. And Mueller told Barr, no. In other words, Joe, get ready for this. This is going to shock you. Uh oh. Prepare to be stunned, buddy. Okay. Yes. Prepare. Uh, you know, listen, you're in good shape. You've got a good ticker on you, but I don't want your heart to have problems. Okay. Elizabeth, I'm coming from, remember, I don't want you to have issues here, so get ready. Are you ready? Yeah, man. Okay. Oh. Hillary is lying about this. You believe it? Hillary's lying. I know it's stuck. I hold. I, Paula, call an ambulance. Get his address. You have his address for, for you. You do have his address, Paula. Send it. Get nine one one. Someone on the. Oh. Hold on, ambulance. We need that. Yes, we need you to get to Joe Armagosta. He's having a he's having a coronary event right now. He's dead. Oh. He's dead. He obviously did not call nine one one. Forget he's already dead. No. Don't even bother. Send the, send the ME, the medical examiner. I used to have to sit on dead bodies all the time when I was a cop. I'm crying. You're never supposed to laugh at your own jokes. And sometimes I have... Hillary is lying. Hillary only lies. That's all she does is lie. Hillary is... is, is it's almost... 
it's almost like pathological. And I mean that. Like, she has no magnetic attraction to truth at all. (laughs) She doesn't care that she's on tape. She doesn't care that shows like this and other good quality conservative shows will debunk her nonsense. She doesn't care. She just lies so fluidly. You almost, Joe, have to sit there in awe. Like, oh my gosh, is she talented or what? I don't mean talented in a laudatory way. I mean, like, she genuinely has a talent to say things she knows isn't true and make it appear that it's based in some semblance of fact. It's bizarre. Like, with the AOC stuff, I think sometimes she legitimately is just ignorant and just doesn't know anything. Yeah. Hillary knows she just goes on and on and just the lies just flow off her tongue. It's incredible. That is not what Bill Barr said. So just to be clear, because liberals will tell you have to be ready to go on this snap at the drop of a hat. The only reason Mueller didn't indict is because the DOJ rules prevented him from doing so. Wrong. That is not what Mueller told Barr. Three times he told him that was not the reason he did not recommend charges. You know what the reason is? There was no evidence. The evidence he had is all secondhand conversations, obstructive activities. Paula, uh, can you put up on the screen, please, the Wall Street Journal article, the Don McGahn stuff I sent earlier this morning? All he has, Mueller, is evidence of third, second and third hand conversations of alleged attempts to obstruct that never happened. That's not, that evidence will be left out of a trial. Here's a piece from the Wall Street Journal this morning by their editorial board. Thank you, Don McGahn. I wasn't crazy about kind of the insulting pieces, uh, parts of the piece, but there's an interesting part in this Wall Street Journal article talking about how, again, the Democrats keep doubling down on obstruction, where he mentions this, uh, the editorial board. Oh, no, that's not it. That's a different one, Paula. That's from the Washington Examiner. But there's a piece in, a, in, a, in the Don McGahn piece where it lays out. Oh, there we go. There Thank we go. you. Uh, it says, we believe Mr. McGahn, but the needless dispute. Oh, he, let me let me phrase, I should phrase it. The right. Don McGahn was a president's lawyer. I'm sorry. I don't mean to sound off track here. I'm just really excited about the topic, as you can probably tell. No, no. Keep that up. Um, Don McGahn told Bob Mueller uh, when Bob Mueller interviewed him that he was told by the president that they should uh, basically fire Bob Mueller and other things. Uh, I need that. I need that up. I need to look at that. So the Wall Street Journal saying, we believe Mr. McGahn, but the needless dispute highlights several realities of the Trump presidency. One point is that this episode is not evidence of obstruction of justice, despite claims by the Democrat media, media chorus. This is the Wall Street Journal, by the way. The Wall Street Journal, that's no fan of President Trump. I'm sorry. They, they, they play like right, sometimes left to center. Mr. Trump would have every constitutional right to fire Bob Mueller, an inferior officer at the Justice Department. Also, Mr. Trump let Don McGahn and others talk to Bob Mueller and turn over notes, which is the reason Mueller knows about all of this. Hmm. Folks, there is no evidence of obstruct. They would be laughed out of court. That's why Mueller didn't charge. So to sum up here, the reason Bob Mueller knows that Trump didn't uh, didn't like Mueller and wanted Mueller fired, which uh, do you blame him? He's he's hunting him down 
on a on a spying scandal that never a spy. He's sending that for a collusion hoax that never happened and a spying scandal that did. But the reason Mueller knows about McGahn's conversation with Trump is because Trump let his own lawyer talk to Bob Mueller when he didn't even have to. And the firing of Bob Mueller never happened. What obstruction are you talking about? Ladies and gentlemen, they're just making this up. So just to wrap this up, the Democrat talking point is the only reason they didn't charge him for obstruction is because of the Office of Legal Counsel guidelines. No, wrong. Mueller told Barr three times that is not why they didn't charge him. Secondly, they didn't charge him because Mueller knows the case would have been laughed out of court because you can't obstruct the case based on the president's hurt feelings about Bob Mueller when he lets his own lawyer talk to Mueller about said hurt feelings and about a firing that never happened. All right. You have no case. It's a joke. All right, I think we sum that up. Uh, that makes sense, Joe? We're done? Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I just want to be sure. Okay, now I've got more on Hillary because there's another breaking story uh, the Washington Examiner had up about these Hillary emails. But before I get to that, we have a new sponsor today. Hold on, i got to move this out. I'm going to get a text from... I'll assume about my shirt moving around because if it gets hot in here, you see, like some, I, I have to put mattifier on my face mm-hmm. because it gets hot in this office. I keep the AC at 68, but these lights, they don't throw off a lot of heat, but when you close the door, like 30 minutes into the show, you start smoking. So I have to put the fan on, but then my shirt blows around. Goes like this the whole show. <laughs> Liquid IV. Yes. Liquid IV. Check them out. Liquid IV hydration multiplier. Listen, I live down here in Florida. If you play sports in Florida and you're not using Liquid IV, you know, it doesn't have to be a hot environment, by the way. If you're sweating, you could be sweating in 30 degrees. But I'll tell you, down here in Florida, without this stuff, I'd be lost. Liquid IV is the fastest, most efficient way to stay hydrated. Listen, you can drink more water, but Liquid IV hydrates you two to three times faster and more efficiently than water alone. Problem with water alone, you chug it, goes right through you. You know what I mean? It has the added bonus of vitamin C, B3, B5, B6, and B12, B vitamins, critical, critical for energy. Liquid IV helps prevent jet lag when traveling. It's TSA friendly. It's perfect for on-the-go travelers. Helps to keep your skin hydrated while flying. You don't get that dried out, crusty skin. Can be used before, during, and after flights. Great for flying. Great for sports, great for hot environments, great for just general hydration, keeping your face looking good, your skin looking good. Staying properly hydrated is most one of the most important factors. During music festivals, you get hot. Who knows? You're out there. You may be having some other beverages too. Stay hydrated. It's a perfect way to fight nasty hangover symptoms, okay? Liquid IV is the fastest growing wellness brand. You can find them everywhere, even Costco. You can find their hydration multiplier sold at Costco nationwide. It's non-GMO, vegan, free of gluten, dairy, and soy. It has clean ingredients. It can provide the same hydration as drinking two to three bottles of water. Not only that, ladies and gentlemen, this stuff is delicious. You take one of their packets like this, right? You put in about 16 ounces of water. It tastes delicious. This is acai berry from Liquid IV. It is absolutely delicious. Shake it up. Drink it. Get the power of two to three bottles of water in one. Like I told you down here in Florida when I'm done with my workouts and the sauna, I'd be lost without this. It is a high-quality product. I love it. I love Liquid IV. I know you will, too. Right now, my listeners get 25%. Not 2.5. 25%. Get a quarter of the price off. 25% off at liquidiv.com. When you use my code... Bongino at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order at Liquid IV's website. Go to liquidiv.com, enter my promo code Bongino, get 25% off, start getting better hydration. That's liquidiv.com, promo code Bongino. Don't wait.
properly hydrate today. Yes. This is good stuff. Seriously. Tastes delicious, too. Okay, so we find out yesterday an article in the Washington Examiner that uh, the Obama White House was probed in the Hillary email investigation. You have got to read this story at the show notes. Uh, Dan Chayton at the Washington Examiner headline. FBI found Hillary Clinton's emails in the Obama White House. Former top official says, oh, really? Really? That's interesting, Joe, because we were told by Obama that he didn't know anything about Hillary Clinton's private email that he found out about it from the media, from the Washington Examiner piece. Remember this little gem? Quote, Obama himself said he learned of Clinton's private email server, quote, the same time everybody else learned it through news reports. Really? How'd they find the emails in the White House then? During an interview with CBS in 2012, his press secretary, Josh Ernest, Josh Dis, uh, Dis- Ernest, also acknowledged, <laughs> I made that, uh, acknowledged Obama exchanged emails with Clinton while she was using her private server, but did not know the details of her email address. Oh, I'm going to get to this debunking in a second. Josh Ernest says, quote, The president, as I think many people expected, did over the course of his first several years trade emails with his secretary of state. I would not describe the number of emails as large, but they did have the occasion to email each other. But let's be clear. They did not know the details of her email address. Wow. Hmm. Wow. Yes. Tactical nuclear explosive story. Launched on the battlefield of this case. So Judicial Watch, hat tip to them, uh, Tom Fitton's group, apparently in some kind of freedom of information request, got an FBI official, that FBI official, remember the names, by the way, folks, who admitted in his testimony that they found some of these at the White House. Who was it? It was our buddy Bill Prystep. Oh, yes. Old Bill, who keeps appearing uh, neck deep in every portion of the FBI scandalous activity uh, transitioning from the email, uh, Hillary email investigation into the Trump investigation. Bill Prystep, for those of you who don't remember, was the head of the counterintel division and was the boss of anti-Trump hater and known texter uh, Peter Stroke. He was the boss. Prystep was running this whole thing. Now, I think Prystep is, is singing and telling the inspector general what he needs to hear because price steps being allowed to retire and is not being fired. But interesting that they found these emails in the white house, but Obama has claimed two things that he found out about Hillary's email from the news and that they weren't really privy to the details of her private email server. Is that the case? Joe, do you remember a conversation we had on this show a little while ago about the White House Communications Agency and how exactly they have to deal with technology devices in the yeah, White House? Yeah, about six months ago. Yeah. Well, yes. I see. <laughs> Inside joke for you regular <laughs> listeners. Ju- Judy will get it. Judy, it's my mom's name, too. I don't Judy's like her office archivist. I haven't heard from her from a while, by the way. Interesting. But uh, yeah, it was my mom's name, Judy. Folks. The Obama team had to know about Hillary's emails. Let me explain to you, having worked in the White House myself for upwards of five years, let me explain to you how this works. Barack Obama had a personal BlackBerry. Trump has a personal device, too. In order to secure that device from spam emails, phishing attempts, foreign intelligence, Trojans, all kinds of malware... 
the Obama Blackberry, the Trump iPhone or whatever it may be, does not function like a normal device, ladies and gentlemen. The device has a set of filters on it that are put in there by the White House Communications Agency in conjunction with the staff. And in order to get an email through a lot of these filters and firewalls and others, that email has to be on a whitelist, the opposite of a blacklist, which would keep emails out. In other words, in order for Obama to have read Hillary Clinton's emails that we now know were somewhere in this White House system, and in order to have read the emails, which which uh, Josh Disernest has already acknowledged that but you saw the quote. Barack Obama read the emails and they exchanged the emails. He's like, well, there weren't that many. They exchanged emails. That's all I need to know. All I need is one, just one. Right. You should be asking yourself, ladies and gentlemen, how did Hillary Clinton get a non-government email? How did she get her private email? Not a government. It's not a state.gov email. How did she get it through that Barack Obama firewall? The answer is because someone in the White House on the staff told someone in WACA, the White House Communications Agency, which is run by the military, someone told them to whitelist this email. Joe, how is that? That's not possible. I don't know, Dan. It's not possible because Barack Obama already told us he didn't know. And his team didn't know about Hillary's private email. So how is it possible that Hillary Clinton's emails... Hillary Clinton's emails, okay? Mm. So we have this firewall, right? And here's the right, all emails. Boom, <laughs> boom, boom, firewall. Yeah. You include a private email that Barack Obama wants to hear from, whatever, it's his buddy, whatever it may be. He gives it to Waka. It goes around. There we go. The private How is that possible if Hillary Clinton's email, private they didn't know about, was supposed to be running into the firewall? How is that possible? May I suggest to you, Joe, get ready. I know this has been a stressful show. Oh, it has We've been. already had an ambulance called once. You barely made it. Oh, they geez. hit him up with the automatic external defibrillator. They they got it heartbeat. He just barely made it. But get a load of this, Joe. All right, Dan. I This is going to be shocking. Stunning. Uh-huh. I think Barack Obama may be like, oh, wow. Paula, on oh. the phone. Hold up. Use the cell phone. Hello, nine one one. Get back to Joe's house right away. Bring me AED. Bring, he's he's he may not make it this time. This is too much stress for one show. This is too. I'm shocking Joe by telling him Barack Obama may have been lying too. I know you're stunned. I know. Do you, what do you? Do you have those nitroglycerin pills? Someone send send them some nitroglycerin. Pills. Chop one of those tabs. Get the save pills. Joe Armacon. Hashtag <laughs> save Joe Armacon. Oh, gosh, quickly. It's poor guy. Thank God you work out and are in decent shape, buddy. You would have been dead by now. We would I'd be flying up to Maryland for your funeral. It'd be awful. Jeez. Oh, God forbid. He would the Joe would make a I'll tell you what, man. Remember that uh huh. movie True Romance? That guy uh Christopher like, Live fast, die young, make a handsome corpse. Joe, make a handsome corpse right yes, now. I would, we man. don't want Joe dead, just to be clear. Hashtag <laughs> same Joe Armacost. But this is deeply troubling information he's had a tough time handling. Hillary may have lied and Obama may have lied too. Yes. Mm. Yes, Joe. <laughs> yeah. Obama's lying, folks. This is this is it's clear as day. In order to circumvent the firewalls for him to read the emails he's already acknowledged reading, his story about learning about her email through the media 
and not having the details of her private email are not true. Somebody gave them the private email. Hey, put this in your whitelist. This is not hard to figure out if you have half a brain. But nobody's accusing liberals anymore of having half a brain. Nobody. No. It's, we're beyond that. Speaking of which, so Kamala Harris uh, has done a about face. Man, you want to talk about, Joe, the, the quickest 180 yeah. in the history of politics I have ever seen? Going this way. Oh, go this way. It, it reminds <laughs> me of that Giphy of the baby running down the hallway and he sees the scary uh, thing and he, uh, he goes right back the other way. <laughs> so Kamala Harris, if you watched yesterday's show, Kamala Harris came out and agreed with just now crazy Bernie Sanders, who's just gone way off the deep end, about this sick, deranged proposal to let terrorists vote from prison, including the savage man-beast Boston bomber who um, sadly lived. Uh, he's in jail. They want him to vote. Can you, Joe, can you imagine politicians pandering to the, the terrorist lobby now? Oh, I mean, this is Politicians, are, uh, most of them, not all of them, but politicians are so sleazy that there will actually be like a terrorist lobby in prison right now, lobbying politi yeah. uh, po politicians. That's what scares me. I mean, uh, forgetting for a second the disgusting ethical moral compromise we would have to make to let savage murderers and killers vote. Can you imagine deranged politicians pandering to this group of idiots? So Bernie comes out in this CNN thing. We covered it on yesterday's show. Please watch if you missed it. And suggests that, yes, the Boston bomber in prison should be allowed to vote from prison. Kamala Harris, Democrat senator from California running for president, doubles down. And she's like, yeah, you know, we should have that conversation. Well, she had the conversation and that conversation right back. <laughs> She went back. There has never been a quicker 180 in the history of politics. Here's Kamala Harris being asked about this yesterday. It's a clip from CNN. And even the CNN commentator afterwards like, uh, I don't know how she's going to dig her way out of this one. Play the cut. We right now have got a lot of work to do with the people in our country who have served their time and have been prohibited from voting. But, you know, um, do I think that people who commit murder, who, people who are terrorists, should be deprived of their rights? Yeah, I do. I'm a prosecutor. I believe that in terms of there, there has to be serious consequence for the, the most ext extreme types of crimes. That's a different answer, MJ. It is. I think calling this even a clarification would be too generous. I mean, she has somehow managed to say uh, two pretty different things in the course of just 24 hours, uh, initially saying on our uh, town hall stage that she is open to this idea that Bernie Sanders said yes to, uh, the idea that felons and uh, the worst kinds of criminals being able to vote while they are in prison, that she's open to, uh, open to having a conversation about it. And now uh, this clarification or whatever you want to call it is that because she is a prosecutor, the value that she brings into this conversation is that, yes, I absolutely do believe that certain rights should be taken away uh, for people like this. I mean, this is going to be a very long campaign uh, for Kamala Harris if uh, after every sort of major stance that she takes uh, that appears to be relatively new, she has to then the next day hedge it a little bit or take it back. <laughs> Dude, this is at least a double mutton. Come on, at least. <laughs> Whoa, get away guys i wish we could put giffies on uh we could apparently there's some copyright stuff with giffies if i could put the giffy of the baby running and seeing the scary thing i would put that on right now it is the funniest thing ever 
even when you know to make a Cronkite analogy, when you've lost CNN, right? Yeah. Even CNN's like, I don't know how she gets out of this one. Again, speaking to spineless politicians who will say anything to get elected. Kamala Harris was up on the stage. She knows Bernie has a very passionate constituency of people. He does. I, Bernie's crazy. His ideas are downright dangerous. But people like Bernie. I, I don't get it. I don't know how anyone with half a brain uh, would, would follow Bernie Sanders, but they do. So Kamala Harris doesn't want to, and CNN openly insult Bernie supporters because she's afraid if she wins the nomination, she's going to need them. So instead of standing up and doing the morally and ethically correct thing, going Boston bomber voted, are you, are, wait, are you kidding me? Is this just a stupid joke? Hell no. She's like, well, we should have a conversation. There you go, folks. The quickest conversation in politics in American history. She had a conversation. She had an unconversation. And now she's back to, no, no, no. I was just kidding about that yesterday. What a joke. People are the worst. The worst. Now, on a very serious note, I ran for office. I lost, okay? You know that. I, you know, sometimes people say, you stop bringing it up. No, I have to bring it. It's part of who I am. I'm not... I mean, this show is what it is because I have the experience of putting my name in the arena. I'm very proud of it. Mm -hmm. You know, we almost won, but almost is, you know only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. But I can tell you this. We never forfeited our principles. And, you know, I don't, I don't mean that to give myself a pat on the back, but I was a conservative in a liberal district. Joe knows very well. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we almost pulled off an upset. We didn't. We lost. We lost to John Delaney, who ironically is running for president against Trump now. He was a congressman at the time. And I want to handle this delicately because I know Joe and I have some personal relationships that may get frayed here. Mm -hmm. But it's important. So yesterday I'm sitting home watching the news and when I ran in Maryland, uh, I ran in the same cycle as then candidate, now second term governor, Larry Hogan, who is a Republican, who won to his credit in an enormous upset. That election night was really tough for us. We thought we won, um, you know, a couple of people had emailed us. Congratulations. We were up by about 5,000 votes. I was running for Congress, just so we're clear. Some of you just may, may be recent listeners. I don't need to explain my whole biography, but mm -hmm. I ran for Congress in Maryland District 6 against an incumbent Democrat, John Delaney, again, who's now running for president. In that exact same cycle, Larry Hogan ran for governor in what was an open seat because Martin O'Malley was term limited against Anthony Brown, who was the Democrat. Hogan was probably a 15 to one underdog. We were probably the same 15 to one, maybe 20 to one. Um, I don't know. Um, we were big underdogs too. Election night, we thought we won. We were up by 5,000 votes. There was an absentee count. Needless to say, we lost the race. Uh, I think it was four days later when the absentee count didn't go our way. We lost by one point. Larry Hogan managed to pull out a victory on election night. Mm -hmm. I congratulated him and... I had supported Larry Hogan extensively during the campaign. And anything Hogan's people tell you to attack me on this, in, you know, in, in any way contradicting what I'm about to tell you, I'm telling you is a lie. Mm. I would not put the reputation of my show or myself on the line here. Hogan won. I congratulate him. I lost. Fair and square. No complaints. I'm glad what I'm doing now, I'm having far more of an impact than I would have as one of 435 members of Congress. God put me here for a reason. But we supported Hogan. We donated money, our campaign, to his operation. Larry Hogan couldn't get a volunteer at a lot of these parades. He'd have two or three people, and we gave him people. And don't tell me that didn't happen, Larry. I remember it. 
You may say, why is he going on about his This mm-hmm. is, I'm going to tie this up for you in a second because okay. this is going to become a big deal very soon in relationship to Trump. It's not just me talking about my history here. I rarely do that. Larry Hogan, the Republican governor, candidate at the time, couldn't find a volunteer. You want me to start giving names of people we had to send over to your operation? We gave this guy money, support. I spoke on behalf of him at events. Mm-hmm. He wins, I lose, I go on to other things. This turncoat rhino, who, by the way, gets elected and does almost nothing conservative at all for the state of Maryland oh. and gets reelected by being an even bigger rhino, now wants to run against Trump or is alluding to it. Taking trips to New Hampshire to primary Donald Trump in the Republican primary. Are you kidding me? And he refers to him yesterday in a speech as the dear leader, as an insult. Jeez, dude. Now, Joe... Yeah. The, Joe and I talked about this before the show. The reason I said that thing about personal relationships mm-hmm. is so you know that Joe's history. Joe worked at a big radio station in Baltimore, mm-hmm. in Maryland, mm-hmm. one of the premier conservative stations up there. Mm-hmm. They have a big audience. Joe was the producer of the morning show for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Joe, when Larry Hogan was a candidate, how many times did his team call in there? Begging to get on the air in the primary and when he was running against well, Anthony Brown. When he was a candidate, I couldn't tell you exactly, but uh, oh. quite a often. Lot? Yeah. <laughs> quite okay, quite, a, quite oh, often. Yeah. Quite often. Yes. Now, Joe, after Larry Hogan became oh. the governor, was it a little more difficult to get him on the air after he was so important and became oh, the governor? Oh, it was almost impossible, sir. Yes. Yeah, almost impossible (laughs) is correct. By the way, not that I'm bitter about it or anything, but after donating substantial sums of money to his little operation there, giving him volunteers and speaking out about how important it was to elect Larry Hogan in Maryland, Larry Hogan never even called with a thank you. No kidding. Hey, Dan, sorry you lost. We won. We appreciate your support. Not even a thank you. We got some stupid letter in the mail from his group thanking us for a donation. I'm not even sure if he signed the damn thing. But not that that bothers me. I don't need to talk to Larry Hogan. But even in Larry Hogan's re-election, Joe, call me out if I'm wrong here. Did we ever badmouth this guy on the show in re-election? No. I don't remember. Listen, if it's there, send it to me and I'll correct it tomorrow. We were very clear. Yeah. Hogan was the best you were going to get. Uh, yeah. He's not a big conservative, but please go out and support him. And he was reelected. A lot of nose holding going on. How does. Yeah. A lot of nose holding yeah. going on. Now he wants to primary Donald Trump. Let me tell you another thing not about the character shot, of this dude. fool. This rhino, this sellout. Now that he's turned on the Republican Party and wants to damage Trump's reelection chances. And news people, listen up, because this happened. Mm-hmm. I'll pull the phone records. I'm, I'm, I'm sure we can do it, if you think I'm making this up. Larry Hogan called me when I was entertaining a run for the governorship of Maryland. Mm-hmm. Wasn't a mystery. The Maryland people reported on it. Larry Hogan called me and begged me to stay out of that race. Oh, yeah. Paula's laughing. She's like, you're not going to talk about that. Yo, I'm going to talk about it. <laughs> you want to take pot shots at the president? The dear leader. I don't have to get out. No, you do have to get out. Listen, it's a free country. Anybody can do what they want. 
I mean, you're not legally obligated to stay out of the primary, nor would I suggest we change the rules to do so. I'm suggesting as a moral and ethical matter that when people supported you in Maryland, they supported you. No one suggested you should be primaried, even though you were a crap Republican. Mm-hmm. I didn't suggest that. And now you want to primary Donald Trump. Why? Because you don't like the tax cuts, the economic growth, the regulatory reform, the fight against Planned Parenthood, the conservative judges. Well, what's your take? He's the dear leader. You big phony. You're a fraud. He begged me to stay out of that race. You know why? I would have whooped his ass in that primary. That's why. And he knew it. And let him tell you, put out a press release that didn't happen. Let him tell I will. I will go, I will pull my phone records and find that phone call. I know exactly the time period it was in. And other people, by the way, before you, Hogan and his, and his team of rhinos, before you open your mouth, other people know about it. Who I'll happily have issued their own statements about that phone call. And what did I do? I got out of that race. Not because I felt any allegiance to Hogan, but because I thought, you know what, there were enough candidates. It was David Craig at the time, and I thought I could better serve in Western Maryland, where I didn't even live. I just thought it was a good district that we could win in and do the right thing for conservatives in Maryland. I thought we had the best chance. Mm -hmm. But I got out of that race. By the way, despite, I I don't mean to keep bringing my wife into this, but she lived through it with me, obviously, and so did Joe. Mm -hmm. Joe knows this story very well. Despite the advice of my wife, who said, you're a nut to get out of this race. And I did. And I'm telling the Hogan people, you listen, it's a free world, man. You do whatever you want. But you're going to go on the offensive and start damaging the best chance we have at real significant swamp rep- reform through a Trump reelect because of your c- clear, unadulterated vanity then it is going to be open season and I am going to personally recruit people from Maryland who know what you're really about to put out a set of stories every week about how vain and your your unbelievable hubris and what people did for you when you turned your back and you crapped on them. One final story about this. And his campaign was full of losers too. I will never forget after he won, despite the data operation we had, the money we raised, the volunteers, the college kids. Oh, you don't remember that story when we had all the college kids volunteering for us and we got that call from Chris, Chris C. Yeah, you know who you are. Hey, can you give us some volunteers? Nobody's showing up because people couldn't stand Hogan. He thought he was an awful candidate. That happened. Maria, you remember that one, right? They came asking for volunteers, but I will never forget after the election was over and we had lost my campaign manager, Sharon, I love to death. She's terrific. She volunteered her time to go speak in Annapolis about what we did right, what we did wrong. And she was up there on stage with Hogan's campaign guy. I'll leave his name out of it. Who sat there up on that stage and lied his butt off. For an hour, taking pot shots at my campaign and Sharon and making her feel like an idiot. And taking, we did, you didn't do squat. They did nothing. They had an awful second rate, third rate operation that we and other conservatives supported. And then he turned around and backdoored everyone. It is, listen, 
I'm telling you right now, I have been nice to this guy for years, despite him crapping all over me, my people, and still my political allies in Maryland, where I still maintain ties. I have been nice to this guy for, I talked about him filling in for Levin, filling in for Hanny. I tried to have Monday as a guest in Levin after he won. And this guy's crapped all over everyone. Ladies and gentlemen, it will be scorched earth against Larry Hogan if he throws his name in this. I'm telling you, people know what a fraud this guy is. And everything I'm telling you, we can verify. Phony. Yeah. This guy is a fraud. And I'm telling you in New Hampshire and Iowa, if this guy jumps in, you are flushing your vote down the toilet bowl oh, if yeah. you think this guy's your savior. You know what he wants, Joe? He wants uh, open primary states where Democrats can vote. Mm -hmm. He wants Democrats to come out and have an alternative to Trump to damage Trump's political capital. Yeah. He wants to be what Teddy Kennedy was to Jimmy yeah. Carter. He's a fraud. And let me tell you something. Joe and I are probably burning a lot of bridges right now. Could be. Poor Joe. Specific. Joe didn't sign up for this. And I told him to be, <laughs> Joe, did I not say this to you in the beginning of the show? Yeah. It just goes to show you the character Joe has. And I mean this. I said, listen, buddy, you, you know, we work together here. Yeah. You have other relationships, too. It's not just with me, professional and otherwise. Uh -huh. I said to Joe, if you want to stay out of this conversation, Paula can pull you off the screen. I have no problem. No, I'm with you, And brother. Joe said, I'm in. Because this is BS. Right. And he still lives up there. What this is BS. Hogan is a fraud. He was the only fraud we had in Maryland. Exactly. Therefore, I don't regret. <laughs> there you go. Now, he was the only fraud we had. You hear your choices were Hogan the fraud or Ben Jealous, you know, the uh, who would have been awful. And Anthony Brown would have been worse. That was the mindset. And life is full of, yeah, that's it. That was it. So like Joe said before, hold your nose and do it. It was the only choice you had. Yeah. But for president? No. Beat it. Get lost, man. I'm telling you now, it will be scorched earth against this guy. All right, sorry to leave you with that and a little background on it, but folks, if he, if he announces this is going to do some real damage, and it's going to do real damage because Democrats are going to cross over and try to vote for him. Ridiculous. All right, thanks again for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Please check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Bongino. And please subscribe to the show on iTunes, SoundCloud. You can subscribe on iHeartRadio. The subscriptions are free. All you have to do is click subscribe or follow. It is absolutely free, but it helps us move up the charts. We really appreciate it. Thanks a lot, folks. I'll see you all tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.